Hey, good morning. How are you? Um, well, doing I'm, well in, in these times. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. I'm glad to hear that. I feel the same. I'm happy that it's Friday. I yes. feel like we've had a good week. Sun is out. Finding things to be thankful for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm so happy to have you here today. This is our second recording of the Rosie Report, where we're talking about the future of work within the marketing and advertising industry specifically. Um, and, you know, Scott, as someone who I've gotten to know over the last few weeks, I'm so happy to have you today because I love your perspective based on your experience uh, transforming HR organizations. Um, so for those who don't know Scott, Scott Mason is joining us from New Jersey today. Um, and Scott has an incredible career and loads of experience in uh, helping large organizations transform their org structure, org design, the way they think about work, traditionally working through the HR department and partnering really closely with the HR department. So as a, a business that's doing the same, primarily through the marketing department, it's been really fun for us to get to know one another and see where the kind of intersection is, right? Um, yeah. So thank you for being here. No, thanks for having me. And I've, I've greatly enjoyed our conversations. Uh, they've been inspiring and engaging. Um, because, you know, you asked me how I'm feeling first and foremost. I mean, these are unprecedented times, you know, and I'm uh, just by nature, I'm a optimistic extrovert. Right. Yeah. So, so if you put if you if you put that into a situation where we're, you know, in kind of a quarantine for six weeks, um, I get a lot of interaction from my colleagues every day like you. You know, I'm sure you're on uh, phone calls, Zoom calls uh, pretty much all day long. So I feel like I get some of that fulfilled. But uh, even for me, you know, I'm, I'm missing the personal connection, um, you know, with my colleagues, with my peers, with my clients. So. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm ready for what this new normal is going to look like. And I'm excited uh, to be helping organizations figure that out for themselves. So, yeah, I agree. And I think like, for me, I, uh, I'm an introvert, which is surprises a lot of people. I really like having kind of alone time to recharge. But even for me, I'm like, man, I just want to like give somebody a hug. Yeah, like I just want that like human touch. It's been so long. It's I'm like, it's okay. It's been long enough. The first few weeks I was like, oh, it's like, this is giving me a moment to recharge. And now I'm like, okay, I need some sense of normalcy. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. So, it, you know, it's interesting to just, you know, how people are adapting both personally and professionally to this. I mean, um, you know, I feel for those that uh, are, are taking on so many different additional responsibilities, you know, works, you know, demanding for most people. Uh, home life is usually demanding. And then when you, when you overlay both of those at the same time, um, it creates some complexities and challenges that, uh, that people have risen up to. But I, I think people are getting tired. You know, I think they're getting a little bit spent and looking for a little bit of a break. Um, because I don't think anyone's taking a break. I've not heard really anyone say, you know, I'm off this week. I'm taking vacation. Like what, what does vacation look like when you're, right. when you're confined to your home? So, so I, I think we'll, we'll reach a tipping point. Um, yeah. I, um, you know, we actually ended up closing our office next Friday. We're like making it an, an informal, uh, holiday because people need a break, you know, whether you're, you're just staring at a wall, whether you're like, I'm like, if you need to go sit in your car and just have some alone time, or you want to plant a garden, or you want some actually like focused, dedicated time with your family, um, please go do that. Like we can't, we can't carry on at this pace. Um, 
you know, I think what you're doing is really smart, right? So as a leader, you know, of your organization, you know, you have that decision to make, you know, and, and I think it sends a message to your organization before all of this, you know, so as part of uh, my own work, which is Life's Work Associates, where, you know, I, you know, not dissimilar to your organization, but I, I collect people who are experts in the areas of HR, talent management, learning and development, and we present them with opportunities to do their life's work every day, right? So that's kind of the core of what we do. In addition, I work with an organization called The Future Workplace. So uh, we're an HR research and advisory firm where we have 45 member organizations, some of the top uh, branded organizations in the world, and we're helping them think about, well, what is the future gonna look like? And we've been doing that for a decade. And, and now it's more essential than ever before, right? And one of the trends that, we're, that we're, we just had a meeting kind of prior to this happening, and it was led by one of our members, uh, PwC, and they were looking at worker uh, well-being, right? So workplace well-being. And what you're describing there, you know, as, as the head of the organization is, is getting a temperature check and saying, you know what, we all could use this right now, and I'm, I'm going to I'm going to, I'm going to mandate it. Right. So sometimes leaders will say, you know, Scott, take off if you need to, you know, if you need to address anything, you need to feel like you need to step away. And then by the way, I might send you a couple emails during the day or, you know, yeah. and that's not really stepping away, but you saying, you know what, Friday guys, we, you know, we've been doing great. We've been really, you know, working hard to support our clients and we've been balancing all the juggles that we're talking about. So for you to dedicate that time, I think it's great. Um, but but what, I'm, what I'm seeing trending coming out of this, you asked me a question before, is like, you know, how can HR prepare organizations for what this future is going to be? And I think it's going to be more human. Yeah. And um, it's going to be more of a human experience. So we'll be, re, uh, we're doing some research right now. We'll probably be publishing some articles. Um, and it's not just the well-being, which is absolutely critical and important, but it's also how, um, how organizations will adapt to this, right? So there was many organizations that were reluctant to work from home. So, so the whole idea of, um, you know, HR is uniquely positioned because, you know, uh, people are organizations, right? And HR uh, has that focus on, on, on the human aspect of organizational performance. So not only are, is HR going to have to figure out how do we bring people back to whatever this is going to look like safely, right? So they have that obligation to think about the safety and well-being of their employees. I think there's an opportunity to, to um, have more of a flexible and intentional uh, work in environment, meaning, um, you know, letting individuals personalize, you know, when do I, when can I come in and when should I stay home? And how does this balance my blended work in life that's never been more closely aligned than it has been for the last six weeks? So I think HR is going to lead the way in helping to to figure out what does that look like for the organization while making sure the organization still performs to the level that it needs to, because there's obviously going to be a focus of performance where many organizations have been negatively impacted by what's been going on. So again, I think HR is really in a unique position to look at um, the caring of individuals as humans. Do you think, you know, that there could be some friction, right? Because I'll tell you, I've been talking to our clients, a lot of whom are Fortune 100 brands, and I'm hearing a mixed bag, right? Some people are like, the leadership at this organization cannot wait to get things as close to as they used to be as humanly possible quickly. And then on the other end of the spectrum, I was talking to a large social media platform yesterday, and they said, we're now planning in seven, 14, and 21-day windows nobody's looking 30 days out anymore. They're actually worried about losing some of the long-term strategic, strategic you know, thinking and process 
because we're in such a reactionary mode. So I wonder if there is going to be this, this friction. This is a huge change for big legacy organizations. You know, it will be. And I think it will be performance driven as well. So I think if you think about who may be most rigid, it's those that have been around maybe the longest, right? So they're, yeah. you know, in senior positions. But I, I do a lot of executive coaching. So I'm working with uh, executives through this time. And, um, you know, to many of them, they've commented directly that their life has never been better. And, and when they're talking about it, they're talking about their whole life. Have they been working a lot uh, to try to navigate these waters? Uh, waters? Absolutely. But have they been on a plane every day? You know, have they been commuting an hour, an hour and a half? You know, and, and they're finding ways to use that time, right? So, you know, I'm hearing, you know, I'm more productive than I've ever been. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they worry about a little bit about, you know, making sure that they're engaging with everyone uh, in the traditional format. So they'd have the shift and be more intentional in terms of, you know, having one-on-ones with their team, uh, making sure they're checking with people if they haven't heard from them, making sure that they're providing the support. So they're, they're trying to gear over more over the top in that uh, capacity. But for them personally, they're reflecting upon their family and what that life is like and how this has kind of reset them in terms of what's most important or purposeful for them in their life. So I asked the question um, to all of them. I said, well, how do you, how do you, want to purposefully plan what this re-entry and what this new normal is going to be for yourself. And some of them are referring to, well, it depends what, you know, so-and-so dictates or, you know, uh, the CEO or, or senior executive team. So it'll be, it'll be curious, but I think there's a great opportunity, right? So if I go back to my prior point, if we allow individuals, if we give them the responsibility, if we empower them, we give them the opportunity to figure out well, what's that best mix. And I think most people will, um, you know, if they need to be at a client, they'll be at a client, you know, and, yeah. and if it's uh, safely okay to be at a client, uh, they're going to be in the office when they need to be in an office. Uh, but I think they're going to, uh, they're going to handle their life differently. Yeah. Um, I also am coaching a CFO and um, he's looking at this, like, you know, we've not been into our physical environment for a long time. Do we need this? I'm looking at how much it's costing us. Do yeah. we carry that cost? Is there a better model? Can I reinvest what we're spending in physical infrastructure into trying to take advantage of some of the opportunities this is uh, presenting our, our organization? And that's, and that's the other thing I think HR is going to have to jump into because, um, you know, if you look at some of the research from past uh, recessions or depressions, uh, going back from like the 1900s, you know, Harvard um, produced an article after the 2008-2009 crisis, and they looked at organizations, and they said like 17% of them didn't make it, right? Um, and then there was like 70% of them, uh, you know, did drastic things to their business in order to survive. So they went um, really solely on, you know, cutting, you know, cutting costs, uh, furloughing, laying off, uh, not bringing people back. And it's those organizations that looked at both the financial aspects to making sure that they can survive and they're making prudent financial decisions, uh, but they also sort out the opportunities. You know, as Winston Churchill famously mm -hmm. said, you know, never let a good crisis go to waste. Yeah. And that mindset and that question when I'm working with our executive teams is changing, it's changing how they're thinking about things. So they're looking at it from an opportunistic uh, perspective, which I think is providing, you know, more energy than, um, you know, just being in this recovery period. And I'm hearing some really innovative things coming out of it, right? So, um, you know, where organizations would struggle to find talent locally, yeah. uh, they would never have people, um, you know, work remotely. Now they're saying, well, what if we started recruiting from all over the United States? Yeah. What would that do to your business? And they're like, you know, their mind is blown. So, so, so there is opportunities, you know, throughout yeah. the crisis. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting for us because I feel like the We Are Rosie organization has been living in this future for the last two and a half years where we have said, if you are part of the Rosie community, we will meet you where you are and where you need to be, whether that's not going into an office, not living in a major market, being unable to travel. Um, and we've just created this space for everybody to do their best work regardless. Yep. So it's really fascinating for me to see this opportunity for every organization on the planet to be thinking in this way, like what does it mean for our business if we tear down some of these kind of artificial barriers that we've put up to how work happens. And that's something that gets me really excited because if we do this well and we do this right and we really pay attention as we do re-enter or re-emerge into the workplace and we create, we see people as whole human beings, as people that have a life outside of work, we're inevitably going to create a workforce that is happier. Happy yeah. people do better work. They, they contribute more to their families and their communities. And there's a ripple effect outside of just what, how we're working that is really exciting for me. Um, and I hope that these big organizations can kind of make sure that they're taking uh, the care and being really thoughtful in how they set this up coming back and that we don't, because as humans, I think our, our nature is to just be like, we need something comforting. Like, how do we get back to how it used to be? But we can't, we can't do that this time. Yeah, you know, a lot of it wasn't working. Yeah. You know, if you, if you think about it, so why were you able to take that idea and that premise and so quickly, um, you know, leverage that into something that's outstanding for your clients and it's outstanding for the people that are part of the Rosie community, right? Mm -hmm. So if it wasn't a natural fit, right? So the people love to do the work that they do and they're really good at it. You're giving them the flexibility of when and where and how they do that. And for the most part, I would say you probably don't have to monitor that process extremely close. We don't um, have HR problems that we are Rosie. I say it all the time. We yeah. don't. Yeah. So, so what is, you know, so what's the savings and, you know, what's the opportunity cost there? You know, a lot of organizations started with like, you know, annual surveys, you know, to try to get an understanding of what's the temperature, you know, what's going on, what's the level of satisfaction, what's the level of employee engagement, what's the overall experience like for employees. And then they went to like, you know, uh, multiple times pulsing. Then they went to, we're always listening and, and monitoring emails and chats and communications and trying to figure out what's the temperature within the organization. Now they're trying to figure out, all right, so what, what does that look like going forward? How do we, you know, how do we figure out even just where people are at, right? What's the new baseline? And then what's the expectation, right? So we talk about, you know, this, you know, I think it'll continue to be an employee employees market, meaning that really talented people are, are going to be in need uh, continually. And what is that experience that they want, right? And I think it's going to be personal. So I think the personalization of that, and you mentioned that before, I think you're so smart is let them decide, let them figure that, you know, and I think organizations should help figure that out, help yeah. people that out for themselves. But you're like, yeah, let them, let them engage with us and tell us what will work for them. So yeah. Scott, one of the things I'm really excited to get your thoughts on, um, because I've been having a lot of conversations with marketing leaders and CMOs as they think about like the back to work strategy or reintegrating their workforce into some kind of normal, uh, normalized structure. And um, they certainly have plans and ideas, but I'm curious from you, like sure. who, who has governance over the return to work strategy? Like should each division leader, COOs, CHROs, CMOs, CTOs, all kind of make their own decisions about what works for their organization? Or do you think that it, there needs to be governance at the top that um, kind of guides everybody? Yeah, I think there should be governance at the top. I think the first thing we have is the safety of our employees, right? So, so I think with that in mind, uh, coming together in the room, 
to make sure that it, the environment will be safe, whatever that looks like. I'm hearing that there'll be some temperature scans. I'm hearing physical distance protocols will be put in place. I'm hearing uh, block scheduling, meaning you know you may have half of a department in one day or or a full department in one day, but another another department on another day. So we're hearing uh, various um, accommodations, but no one quite understands really what it's going to look like. I think the better question to ask is how best do we perform our work? And when should we be physically together? And when is it okay for us to, to be working remotely? Because I, I still think there's times when having people physically together, um, you know, is important, right? So if you think about, you know, you meeting a client for the first time or building relationships, or maybe there's something that you're working on that's pretty complex and you'd like everybody to have undivided attention and be able to see, you know, a huge whiteboard as you, as, as you think through something very, uh, you know, technical or, or challenging. Um, but otherwise, we've been working for six weeks remotely, you know, so yeah. let's not forget that a lot of good work has happened over these six weeks, probably some work happened faster. You know, one of the questions we had asked are saying, you know, who has done more to revolutionize what work, you know, the future of work than, uh, you know, your CLO, your CEO, or Corona, right? And Corona comes out on top. It, you know, you've taken organizations from being all physically present to now no one was going into the office yeah. in a matter like of days, right? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. so I think it should be a collective response. And, but the, again, important is, is thinking about, you know, the work and then backing into what would be best and then also making some personal accommodations uh, to people whose lives are not back yet. So they talk about if they're not going to open up schools, right? And you have school-age children, who's going to watch them yeah. if daycares aren't open? So we're going to have to be flexible. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting. I mean, I just, I think about that from a personal standpoint, right? I was looking at my husband. We have, a, a, one of our daughters will be in pre-K next year. And yeah. I'm like, do we sign her up for school or just like throw in the towel on that? You know, like it's, it's, who would have thought that these would be the conversations that we're having? Um, and it is, it's going to be really interesting to see how organizations respond. And we're seeing across the, uh, across the board, some people are like, Hey, I'm, I'm definitely not renewing my lease. Like we're done forever. This is, we've, we've proven that we don't need this. And then we have others who are like, we have a, a 10, 20 year lease. What do we do with that? Yeah. Right. And in the advertising industry, that's pretty commonplace. And they're ad yeah. agencies who own entire city blocks, real estate ownership is part of their portfolio strategy. And it's yep. going to be interesting. I, I hope that they don't let that get in the way of doing what's best for their employees and the, the teams that are doing the work to their clients. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So Scott, one of the questions I'm really excited to ask you, um, because there is a lot of opportunity, even in these crazy times, I think that we'll be able to get rid of some work practices that no longer serve us and have frankly, haven't been serving us for a while. Um, yep. What is one thing that you're really excited for us to kind of leave behind? Yeah, I think, we leave behind just what we used to do all the time. So physically coming in, right? So I'm looking at myself, you know, I'm going to be more intentional on when I'm on a plane, you know, and when I'm taking time out of the office or when I'm physically going into a client site, uh, because all that takes time. And I realize that time, you know, time is always, time is money. You know, yeah. time is being creative. Time is being more productive. And I'm always going to make the right call for the client, but I think I'm going to be a little bit more, more aware of making the right call for myself as well. And I think I, you know, I would be at places where did I really need to, you know, did I really need to fly in for this meeting? You know, was yeah. it, you know, was it that important? Could I, could I have done that over the phone and stay saved about a day, day and a half and travel? Right. 
I totally agree. I'm really, that's something that I've really um, enjoyed, frankly, being away from my family and traveling a lot was frankly like pretty brutal for the last two years yeah. and just being present and grounded. And I've realized that you can still build relationships. You can still get to know your clients and move business forward. So I certainly hope that that's something that we, we reconsider and also the sustainability of our planet and environment, right? That will hugely benefit from uh, waving flights to Singapore for a two hour meeting. <laughs> so I'm really right. excited about that too. Yeah, no, I, I am as well. And I just, you know, again, I go back to the human experience. I hope it's better for each and every one of us, yeah. you know, that we're able to have a choice in how do I, how do I bring my best self to work every day? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, in a way that works for me in my totality, meaning my entire life, you know, not just the work life, you know, but the integration of my personal life and really what the individual purpose is of that person, right? So what do they want to get out of things? And hopefully people are taking some time to reflect right now, but yeah. um, you know, we're resilient and I just want to close on, you know, it, this just once again shows how resilient people are yeah. and how we want to bond and come together. You know, we want to support each other, whether it's our healthcare workers or people that are in trucking or transportation or in our grocery stores. Yeah. I hope, sincerely hope that we always appreciate no matter who, we're working with, you know, it's our colleagues, it's our clients, it's uh, people in restaurant, you know, whatever it is, just be more human, be more kind. That would be great. I love that. I love to end on that message. I love your eternal optimism, Scott. It's one of the <laughs> things that I've really enjoyed about our conversations. Um, so thank you so much for sharing your time um, and working through all the tech challenges that we've had this morning. And uh, I really appreciate you sharing your perspective with our community. Uh, thank you very much. Have a awesome. great weekend. Have a good one, Scott. Bye.